You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. You can find them online at kingpintattoosupply.com or on Instagram at kingpintattoosupply. This week I picked up Burt Grimm's A Legend in His Own Time Flash Book, which is a collection of flash sheets that hung in Burt's St. Louis Tattoo Shop. This book had me captivated over coffee one morning. I don't know if anybody else has had this happen to them, but I had an Instagram instinct to double tap on each page. This book is absolutely filled with tons of classic designs, including a little boxer baby, which my wife and I had versions of tattooed by Doug Hardy a few years ago. Really fun experience. So if you're a tattooer and you're looking to inspire your tattooing or painting, or you're just a collector or fan who enjoys tattoo history and art, pick up Burt Grimm's Volume 1 or 2, or any of the great books that Kingpin has to offer. You can make an order at www.kingpintattoosupply.com, or by giving them a call at 855-546-4746. Kingpin Tattoo Supply, for the artist since 1996. This episode is also brought to you by Inky's Tattoo Products. I was recently tattooed by my good friend Jonathan Santos, a.k.a. Baby J, at Hard Luck Tattoo here in Lodi. And I've been using the essential oil-infused Purple Glide to heal up my tattoo. It's doing a wonderful job. I couldn't be happier with it. You don't need much of the product at all. It doesn't feel greasy when I rub it onto the tattoo. And the tattoo is healing up just great. looks wonderful. So pick up some Purple Glide or one of the other great products from Inkies at Inkies.com. Make sure to use the promo code SELLINRADIO and you'll get a free sample pack of Inkies products with that order. Numb, heal, and protect with Inkies. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to the show. I want to first make an announcement. I'm super excited that Natalie and my little baby... Andy was born on February 29th, so he's a little leap year baby. Mama and baby are doing wonderful. Everybody's happy and healthy. So it's exciting times, and um, I'm getting a little less sleep these days, but um, pretty exciting. Uh, he's a, such a cute little boy. My guest today is Isaiah Negretti. Uh, it's Freddie Negretti's son, and it, how fitting it is to have a guest that has such a great relationship with his dad he talks about that throughout the podcast and it was really exciting to for me to talk to Isaiah who's really become a world-class tattooer in his own right this is a special episode for me so in honor of all the fathers out there this episode will run without commercial interruption but I want you to do me a favor guys make sure you go check out Kingpin Tattoo Supply and Inky's Tattoo Products for me I appreciate that make sure you let them know you heard about them on the podcast and show them some love by giving them your support so thanks again everybody for the listens I had a great time talking to Isaiah I hope you guys enjoy the show this is Sullen Radio. I'm Joe Swanson, and this is my talk with Isaiah Negretti. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. I'm really pleased to uh, welcome my guest today, Isaiah Boo Boo Negretti. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks. Man, thank you for coming on. It's it's. I'm I'm sitting here. It's uh, time crunch right now for me to have a baby. My my wife uh, is four days late as as we're recording this, and um, hopefully by the time it gets dropped, I'll have a little little baby in my hands, a little baby son. And wow, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. So 
thank you. I'm just get, I'm just excited that I'm able to uh, come over here and hang out and talk with you as well. And and I appreciate you coming on. We just were speaking about it, but you have such a unique and and wonderful, rich lineage in tattooing. You know, and, and tattooing being such a young thing. I mean, modern day tattooing. You know, where where things really started becoming um, accessible and and people started understanding the tools, um, and your dad was right there in, in the forefront of that. Um, so it's exciting for me to sit right. down as an artist. Um, tell me, tell me in your experience, how would you? Obviously, you've been around tattooing your whole life. Yeah, but my when, whole life. When did it become something that you looked at and you were like, "Hey, I want to do that"? Oh well, um, I always, uh, I, used, I. You know, my dad quit tattooing for about ten years when I was when I was real small. So I remember him; he had other jobs that he did, these art jobs, and I would go with him to work. And you know, me and him were real tight, and it just seemed like whatever he was doing is what I was gonna get into. And when I was probably about eleven or twelve, he he got back into tattooing. And you know, I've seen him my whole life all tattooed tatted up and everybody be like, dude, your dad has a lot of tattoos, like kids, other kids at school and stuff like that. And it was just normal to me. And, and I always liked it. I mean, he always encouraged me in art and, and, you know, tattooing. It's just something, it's just something that resonated with you because your dad did it. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I liked it as well. You know, all, you know, the crowd I hung out with the homies and stuff, they all had tattoos and, and I always looked up to it and, and liked it. Yeah. Wanted to do it. <laughs> Definitely, man. Remember, do you remember that first? I mean, I'm sure you do remember that first time you picked up a tattoo machine and, and how that made you feel? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I was 14. I was still apprenticing, and I, I, I kind of did a tattoo before my apprenticeship was over. This guy, I would, I would do temporary tattoos on people, like paint them on. Because uh -huh. my dad had the stuff that, that he used for the movie uh, Blood and Blood Out, the same uh, kit. And, um, you know, when I, I was apprenticing under this guy who would work the day shift and he when he would leave, you know, I'd be hanging out at that shop still because we used to live upstairs when my dad had a shop in Santa Barbara. And, you know, so I'd do temporary tattoos on people, paint or whatever. And, and, uh, and this guy came in, he's like, have you done your first tattoo yet? You know, I want to want to get, and it just was like, and my dad was like, yeah, go ahead. And he got the name of my dad's tattoo shop, Rider Tattoo. Oh, on wow. his arm. Yeah, and it, it came out all right. You know, I think I should have waited, but I kind of like rushed into it. And well, you were fourteen. Never... We don't, you yeah, know, I was fourteen. At, at fourteen, you don't have a lot of uh, self control. I don't think. You know, I mean, you're probably just thinking, "Shit, I've been waiting around. I've been doing temporary stuff on people. Let's get into this." Right. Yeah. So it was cool. It was exciting. You know, I, I was never nervous. <laughs> you know what? It's interesting, man, because I, I had that. I mean, I wasn't 14 when I did my first tattoo, but I had that same experience where I was I was nervous going like leading up to it, you know, where I was waiting for the client and I was going over the drawing and making the stencil and just kind of preparing. Um, but the moment I hit needle to skin, I, I just felt comfortable. And obviously, since that time and even during that tattoo, I felt like I was in over my head a little bit at times, but I still felt this kind of weird comfort with it. So it, it, I've had that same feeling, man. It's interesting that you caught that at 14 and was your dad, was your dad watching the whole time or? Yeah, he was watching and like coaching through it. Uh -huh. And, um, 
kind of everybody at the shop was they were you know they were all helping me out and what were they saying like what was your what do you do you remember what do you remember was, was it was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> but everybody was cool everybody was real cool about it and then after that like uh the we had some close friends that would hang out at the shop a lot you know that was just always there and mm-hmm. and, I, and i looked up to everybody like i was i was starting to mess up in school a little bit because I was in ninth, tenth grade, and it was like, you know, I ended up just dropping out and uh-huh. and being at the shop all the time, and and uh, these these guys would let me tattoo them. And I think even the first like ten tattoos I did were numbered. Like my second, they wanted me to sign my name and put like what number tattoo it was. Wow. <laughs> Do you ever see those pieces still walking? You know around? what I did? I have seen one. Uh, this guy, uh, Bobby and his wife, Debbie, they were really good friends of my dad in, in the shop up in Santa Barbara. And they came down recently, maybe a couple months ago to bring their kids to get tattooed by me. And, uh, cause they're all older now and I seen one of them. <laughs> How did it make you feel? It was cool. You know, and I showed everybody at the shop, but this one in particular, I think I did a couple of ones that were really better than, than this one. This one was a little... you know it just seeped out a little bit but it was still really cool yeah man it's interesting did you kind of did you grasp it all at that time when you were putting the numbers and they them having you sign your name to it that obviously they do you do you why did you think they did that because of your dad's history they maybe because of my dad and, and and they thought you know i was gonna come up under him or something i don't know yeah, well, shit. They They're got just, a, they got the the first few tattoos of a world class tattoo are numbered on them now. You know what I mean? And it's something we talked about again before the show is, I believe you've really come into your own as as your own. I mean, you are a world class tattooer yourself, and you. To me, you've stepped outside of that. Hey, this is Freddie Negretti's son, and you stand alone now as, as an artist. And, um, it's, it's, man, I'm telling you, man, it's exciting Thanks. for me to see. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. I just I'm trying to get better and still learning. It's yeah. crazy. You know how, how you could still evolve and you never know everything. And no, man. I mean, we, no. I think, I think it's when we see, we get, we get put up, put off sometimes to the fact that, uh, tattooing is difficult and it's most likely difficult for everybody. You know, you, you get inundated on Instagram with these pictures of these perfect tattoos and then you go and you know, you're sitting down in the shop doing a tattoo at 10 o'clock and it's been your fifth one that you did that day. And, and you know, you struggle maybe with a certain aspect of it and you're like, fuck man, do these other people struggle with this shit? You know, and and they, they have to, but in that moment, it's really difficult to, you know, you, you feel like, damn, am I just you, starting, you know, fuck. When you start sweating and, and looking around and like, oh, shit. <laughs> did yeah. they see that? Did the client see that? Did the, did my homies see that? Oh, I got to shade that right, out a little right. bit, you know? Yeah, going through your own, whatever's going on in your own head. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, like Shamrock, we do a lot of tattoos. Like just last night, um, there was a... Uh, I guess a pre-Grammy performance where Tower Records used to be, and uh, Elton John and, and Lady Gaga did a performance during the day, which wow. fucked the traffic up all, all day. But later on at night, like, I'm not sure what 
they these guys people do for her, but twenty five people showed up to get oh, tattooed, shit. and it was this little design that Lady Gaga our it was Lady Gaga's crew. They're all working on some documentary together or something. I'm not sure what they're doing together, but and uh, it was pro- what time do you think it was that it was like it was like ten thirty eleven. Oh wow. We got a call, you know, 25 people. So we just started banging them out. And uh, it was just this little design that they did. It was pretty creative. It was just like some little swirly thing. And, and uh, like half of the people, it was their first tattoo. Yeah. They were so pumped about it. And, you know, you get to walk somebody through their first tattoo again. And What's your go-to, what's your go-to way to do that, man? When, I mean, you, you're working in a shop that will do is a street shop. I mean, it'll get, yeah. there, even though, you know, shop, yeah, we're open till 2am. So we're, we're, we're like, and we get different ways. Like yeah, Saturdays are pretty busy for us. Like I get there at 1pm and there's people waiting and that's, I do walk-ins on Saturday. We there's three of us there taking walk-ins and we stay busy all day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting, man, because that model is, is, and I think it's probably because of, where it's located it's got the i mean it's la yeah the location is you know but you have a lot of shops struggling right now because of the you know how many people are tattooing and um but it's great to hear that a shop is thriving and you still have those fun nights of oh shit here we go it's 11 o'clock and and we're gonna be (laughs) here you know for for all night we're gonna maybe watch the sunrise so let's let's get ready and and uh till the wheels fall off you know yeah so <clears throat> that's the other thing I feel like you know like well my dad you know he does appointments he's booked up for a while and he'll do like two or three tattoos a day and stuff that he gets to sit and work on and I do a lot of walk-ins so some of the tattoos I post that's like one in five or six that I did that day mm-hmm. like one that I'm like you know what I like this one I'm gonna post it and you know sometimes I wish I could just focus on one tattoo all day and see it you know what I could but I can do it and but is that something that you're with the way that you want to approach your business and and that you no, want to strive to or is that just uh, the, the walk-ins the walk-ins that's where the money's at you know and you know at the end of the day I gotta gotta make money and those little tattoos are cool I just feel like if I keep posting all that little stuff like this all people are gonna come in for me for it and they're like like all my appoint- I'll have three appointments and I get there and the first one's an infinity sign with a name. The second one's like some little Roman numeral date. And then <laughs> I'm like, all right, I knock them out so quick. And I'm sitting there like, today I got a good appointment though. This girl wants to get a piece from her uh, her wrist to her form- forearm. She said she wants like a time piece with, a, with some Roman numerals. And then it's for her, her son that just died. And then two bullets one on the floor and one just a shell. And I'm like, oh, how does these bullets, you know, fall? And then there's like a picture of a woman holding a baby. How do the bullets like intertwine into this? And she's like, well, cause I'd, I'd take a bullet and I'd shoot, I'd kill for my my son. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. I think this is, so today might be dope. Yeah, it's, man, it sounds fun. And I, you know, I think you do, you know, you're sp- t- talking about that. I think you do a good job at mixing it up. You know, you do have, you're looking at your Instagram, it's very apparent. You love black and gray. Um, that's obvious. But and you post these, the street shop stuff, the lettering. 
you know, the nice little fancy script, the little symbols, but then you mix it in with these nice portraits or these nice black and gray pieces or projects. And I think it's good, man. I mean, it's, it, you have to kind of cater a little bit in that street shop environment. That's right. what people are going to come in there for. So yeah, if you're just, if you're just posting big, you know, projects all the time, then they may come in and go, wow, oh, Isaiah's doing a project. I can't, I can't get in with him, you know? So, right. and then where do those three tats True. go to the other guy, you know, in the next <laughs> station instead of between everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. But, um, how is it, uh, how's it, how is it working next to your dad every day, man? It, it's, you guys hang out a lot. You're very, very close. Talk about that relationship and, and how it became so strong. Yeah, we, we got a good relationship. We're like, we're like friends, <laughs> brothers, father, son. Um, it's cool. It's relieving because he helps me out a lot. You know, whenever I have a question or I get into a jam, like tattoo-wise or art-wise, and and he's there. And a lot of people that see that, they're like, man, you're lucky. You got Freddie Negretti. And I noticed that the other guys at the shop, even Dr. Wu and, and, and Max and all them, they get into a jam or anything. You know, my dad's there to help. It's It's great to have him around <laughs> yeah he's he's so good at what he does you watch him tattoo and it's like you still don't know how he did that <laughs> like how did that he makes it look like magic sometimes but, yeah uh, rich pineda said when i had him on uh the podcast early early on last year um i think he was episode maybe nine or something and he talked about doing a sleeve on a guy that had your dad do a sleeve on the other side oh and yeah that's a great that guy mark yeah have he you seen said, the work I haven't seen the work, but he said he described it as that works just got a sizzle to it. Like it's just there's something about it. There's a vibe. And, and he described, you know, he used the word a sizzle. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good word. I said I said that to your dad. That, to the, the way the way that, that they even did uh, the center of the guy's chest is half Rich cool. Pineda and half my dad. I think it's a rose or a skull or something. But wow. you can see the two different. Cause Rich is really good. Yes. Yeah. Really, Rich, really fucking good. Rich kills it. And um, I'm sure it's really fun to see those two styles, uh, you know, next to each other. Um, but I told your dad it's it's cool because I told your dad at Ink and Iron a couple years ago that that's what Rich had said about his work. And, you know, your dad being a humble guy just like chuckled and said, oh, OK, well, thank you. You know, um, that guy's really great. <laughs> and it's right, cool to yeah. see that humble. It's cool to see that humble attitude. And I yeah, see that. Sure. I see that in you as well. Um you know, talk about talk about being at Shamrock and how that shaped you, man. Um, yeah, how, it's a, it's how long a you good, been there? Uh, ten years, ten years since I was twenty. Yeah, ten years. Um, you know, and then it's it's established itself. You know that shop yeah. and, and 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 you know the work speaks for itself, and it's so it's just yeah, we got a good location as well, and and uh. But you know, getting to work with Mark and, and and Rick Walters is there on Mondays, and my dad, and you know, we got all the OGs there, and and yeah. we're the younger guys, and and which is it's cool. I don't know. Do you and, see that the younger cats are, you know, obviously the OGs got their stuff that they're bringing to the table with um, how they became successful, how you know how they were able to keep longevity in their career and 
do you see that the new guys are bringing that to the table too with maybe introducing them to you know social media and how to use this different tool and you know you can get get this going because of this new app or uh this new technology yeah uh they got a you know they got the photoshop skills <laughs> and uh that like we didn't have a computer for the probably the first four or five years I was at Shamrock, you know, we had books and it's just crazy to think where we got all our, our designs from. And now with the Photoshop, they just, and, and I need to take a class or something and learn how to do this myself. Cause I always need somebody to help me print something or, or look something up or put something together something I know they can do. And if they're not feeling it, they're like, Oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, I know you can do that. You can take this, but I'll just print, you know, all the images up and trace them together. You know, I'll, I'll put them together Somehow I got my tricks to trade, but, um, and my dad's even learning the Photoshop. Like he just sits there and learning. He could Photoshop a couple things together, but, but it, I think that's great that, you know, that, that we could use that now. It makes everything so. It, it can definitely make things more simple, right? I mean, or quick, yeah. but the learning, sure. the learning curve is a, is a, is a tough thing though. You know, when you're not used to it and even me, I've, I, you know, I use a, a Wacom Cintiq Companion 2, which is a digital tablet. Um, oh, wow. And I do Photoshop a little bit just for some of the, like, show, uh, the website stuff for Solon Radio. And um, I can pretty much put a, like, a real basic flyer together. That's it, you know. Oh, um, but it's definitely takes time and it's I could do more I have the tools to do more but I have to sit down and and take the time to learn it and right man when you get into those complicated programs it's not just like like what I found is I use sketchbook pro initially and that's what this this certain program that um it's it's really is that, is that the one where you could sketch on the yeah dude I mean on the Cintiq I can totally sketch right on on it I mean it's like a tablet it's no bigger than a than a little laptop you know and you've I sit in bed and I can sketch and draw and, um, and I use sketchbook pro and it was pretty intuitive, like for just me to be able to do the few things that I needed to do layer, like I do with tracing paper, change the pen, like I, like I would at a drawing table, um, grab a piece, you know, the thing that I liked about it was you could grab a section. Like if I want to take this flower and do a different size, I don't have to take it, copy it, enlarge it i can just cut it out real quick with digitally enlarge it real fast and oh, boom, that's crazy. it's tight right i mean it's, yeah now when you get into <laughs> when you get into um a more complicated program like manga studio like russ abbott uses and um a lot of other guys are using that right now dude it's it's a whole nother ball game you, you got to find that little tool and there's probably four other tools that are like that capture tool that do different things and so now it's a matter of, okay, it's not just, you know, I spent 10 minutes with my buddy Matt Hodell and learned Sketchbook Pro enough to where I could use it competently to prepare tattoos. Wow. Manga Studio, I'm going to have to spend a few hours, you know, with, right. you know, and hopefully get it together with somebody to try to really capture what I need to capture out of the program to make it easy. You know, other than that, I just like banging my head against the wall, you know, trying to, (laughs) you know, but it definitely makes it, it definitely makes it easier, you know, with certain aspects. And I found it really sped up my design process with some stuff, just being able to do those quick adjustments. Images and and, and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So, 
um you know we were we were talking a little bit about uh Raiders man did you just watch the Super Bowl or once the Raiders were done were were you done with football I mean yeah I kind of I kind of get done with football after the Raiders but and then I'll watch the Super Bowl if I'm interested I thought the Super Bowl was a little boring this year but it was cool I mean who did you who did did you predict a winner did you No I I I, I didn't I you know, I kind of wanted the Broncos to lose, but one of my coworkers, Asa, he's a big Broncos fan. He's like, "You can go for them for me," <laughs> and I kind of wanted him to 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 get that win, you know, because yeah. just for him. But uh, you know, we talk shit to each other all year because he's a Broncos fan, right? But uh, no, I just uh, my mom's been a season ticket holder for a long time, and and probably about ten years, and and I started going to games like. <clears throat> maybe five or six years ago oh. and and even though we sucked really bad just the energy at the game the way everybody's so about their team and and yeah. they chant raiders and it, it kind of like caught me and, and i was like man you know and we had just before i went to my first raider game we did a tattoo convention in san francisco and i think the body art expo and i was tripping out because san francisco is like you know the tattoo roots are are deep there like in LA, you know, they've been doing it just as long and they got all their OG guys that are dope at traditional, the new black and gray guys coming up. And, and at least that's what I noticed like six, a uh, couple years back when I first went over there and I was like, man, this, and I, I really like got a second look at the Bay and I was like, this is really cool over here, you know? So when I went to my first Raider game, I was like, Oh, another excuse to come up here. And uh, we, we have me and my dad, we know, have people everywhere we go like we'll find the local tattoo shop or who's who's out here and right and when we're out there we tattoo it in hayward at our boy dane's shop sims inc he's got a really nice place yeah and uh, i usually hang out with those guys but i'll try to visit around everybody you know we stopped by uh freddie corbin's shop last time and yeah temple man that's a beautiful that's a beautiful little shop you know a lot of history just right there in that shop oh man you know, yeah, I, we, uh, I, I, yeah, it's a really nice shop. It's all the way it's decorated and everything, and it's, it seems like a street shop too, as well, right? Just totally, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, when Freddie went in there, it was really underdeveloped that area. But I think he maybe saw something. I mean, it was. It, yeah, it was, I was surprised it was in Oakland. I would have thought it would have been in San Francisco or some somewhere else. Out but it was in yeah, Oakland. Yeah, I, I think that I think he was thinking about. I don't know if I read this somewhere or maybe saw it on an interview because i remember like didn't, vice did those tattoo age documentaries and freddie i think had a uh, couple episodes and uh maybe that was where i saw him talk about now i wanted to get over to oakland because it was it wasn't san francisco it wasn't there was already so many shops in san francisco so many powerhouse shops that yeah. um and so he said it was he, it was just a quick jump over the Bay Bridge, you know, to get to Oakland, yeah. and it was a little ghetto, and it was it was up and coming, and um, you know, he pulled in there with a with a solid crew, and and just started doing, you know, the 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 best lettering in town, and and the and the best tattoos. I mean, I remember sitting in there watching um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Billy, get tattooed by uh, Chris Khan upstairs in the back there and i was just yeah. like what i mean i didn't even have a clue at that time that who who really chris Khan was and and what impact he had and and how powerful his tattoos were i just remember watching him shade that purple and just was like wow right. 
man. So nice. amazed. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know. When was the last game you went to? Oh, we went to uh, the last. It might have been the last home game, but I think they're going to stay in Oakland for another two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the last game was uh, Raiders Chargers. Okay, San Diego. The last one they played. I uh, mm-hmm. and we won. We, we took two of the guys from the shop. One of them is their first. It was their first football game, and they're Raider fans. But I think they really, they really had a good time there. It was, it was a good game. We went into. Did we go into overtime? It, yeah, it was like it good was game though. It was down to the wire. Yeah. So that's good. You know. So they beat San Diego, which means Ricky Boy Sulawapoe was bummed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's our cousin. Yeah. You guys get over to Hawaii. You do that. Uh, the convention over there each year. Talk about that experience, man. You love. You like Hawaii. Yeah, I love Hawaii. Beautiful. Um, we went out there when my dad had a shop in Santa Barbara. After it closed down, we we flew one way to Hawaii and we we worked out there for a summer. Four months. I was 18, and uh, and my dad was older. He he could have lived there. He was like, "This is great, you know. I never want to leave." And then I kind of got rock fever after like three months. Uh-huh. But I think more because I was young, and I, I was just like I still needed LA. Like I started missing LA a lot, and I started realizing, you know, I'm on this little rock in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like the same thing. Paradise, beautiful. Make yeah. music every day, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" I guess they call it rock fever out there. You need a little, a uh, little more gritty, a little more grime, a little more LA, right? Yeah, yeah. At least back then, and uh, but now when I go, I'm like, I could stay a little longer. It's mm-hmm. it's great. Like I mean, especially with all the I mean, the tattoo scene being so big. Um, when I was out there, I wasn't tattooing yet. I was just, I was tattooing already at my dad's shop, but we started working at Wando's place, South Pacific. And, uh, you know, I was just making needles. I didn't even let me talk to customers, scrubbing tubes and making needles back when we had to make needles. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember that's another reason I wanted to leave. I was like, I want to get back to LA and, and start tattooing. I was watching these guys make all this money and, and, and tattoo. And they were like, really, it was a tiny shop. Like smaller than than Tattoo Mania, it was just like a little little lobby, and they didn't do anything custom. It had to be off the wall. Wow. And and I watched them people get those tattoos like. So you know it was a tourist spot like people Japanese people and all these sailors and they tell them if you don't see what you want on the wall you don't want to get tattooed. <laughs> and I was just like oh shit you don't have to give people much you know you just do flash all day. And if you're at a shop with enough traffic, then mm-hmm. make a lot of money. And, and we came back to L.A. and we started working at Tattoo Mania. And um, I did a lot of flash. Like my first, I started working there when I was 18, back when Gil Money still owned it. And, and yeah, I tattooed flash all night. All, all night. Day for, for a couple of years. I don't think I drew anything out. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get from that time, man? You know, what lessons do you think you learned doing Flash? And how did you feel towards the end of it when you started doing a little bit more custom stuff? Um, 
I, I, I guess I started realizing that all I was doing was a splash because, like, I'd go out, like, up on Sunset, like, to the Rainbow or the Roxy, and people were like, oh, you tattooed me. And I'd be like, oh, let's check it out, thinking that I was going to see some peace. And it was always, like, some little kanji or some little ladybug or some little... And, and, and I was like, man, you know, like, all the tattoos. And then I was noticing, like, I went to my neighborhood, and I was kicking it with my homies, and the, the ones that had got tattooed by me that got into, went drove out to Hollywood and got... It was always something small, you know, and I was like, man, I'm not doing enough, enough pieces, you know, and, and and then, you know, with like the reality shows coming out and all that, like everybody started learning about custom and what they can get and, and putting more meaning into their tattoos and, and, and you know, I had to uh, adapt. I had to start doing it. Yeah. It was like, you got all these guys out here doing these amazing tattoos and I was like, I need to step it up. Uh -huh. I can't just do flash off the wall no more. <laughs> Is it, did you see a big change when the shows hit, like Miami Inc. hit, and then all of a sudden people really started, the clients started having a, a better more understanding. More knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Before they didn't know anything. Uh -huh. <laughs> when you told them that this is all you and, can get, uh, they really believed that that's all you could get off the wall. Yeah, probably. Well, I watched <laughs> these other guys tell them that, and, and I was just like, I think the first person I tried to talk to, because my dad's shop in Santa Barbara is always, uh, they specialized, it said specialize in custom tattooing and you draw anything, you know? So yeah. I, I talked to like two people and then when I got to the artist, I was like, hey, so this is what, what they want to do. They want to, you know, change this up and or this. And then they took me in the back. Hey, come back here and talk. They're like, you don't talk to customers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just stay back here and make needles. You're doing great. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. One of these big biker dudes, you're going to listen to them and like, all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't want to piss nobody off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shit. that was cool. Did you, guys, yeah, you, know, you guys traveled a lot uh, or did you kind of stick close to the shop at that we, time? We, we're, we're starting to travel more. You know, we, we're, we haven't even left the country yet. You know, we're still, there's a lot of places in America to go and, I think our first, like when we first started doing conventions, we were just doing the ones in California, in San Diego, uh, Pomona, Orange County. And then we started going up north, you know, San Francisco, Fresno, just doing those those conventions. And then we went to Phoenix and we started doing this New Mexico one. We started going to New York annually because we met our homie Caves came and guest spotted at Shamrock and he invited us out there and it sounded good. So... Um, we try to do that every year, go to New York. Um, we were doing Texas for a while. Um, Hawaii's always great. Um, we're going to continue to do that one, but, uh, I don't know. You just kind of expanded out from regionally kind of going around hitting local shows and then got farther and farther and farther. It's a natural progression. I think, you know, to then hit. A lot of guys are hitting international shows right now, you know. No, I know it. Uh, we see everybody else doing it, and that's that's the thing, you know. We got to get our passports and and then hit Europe and and check yeah. it out. Like my dad gets invited everywhere. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's hard to to, and then also he's booked up at the shop, and mm -hmm. we're kind of set here, so it's hard to leave all the time. Right. I I think that the guys that you know, I I think you got to. There's so many different ways to do it, and I think that you have to figure out how it works for you. You know, there's guys okay. like that, like Big Me's, for instance. So I've talked to him on the first show of this year, and then um, 
he's trying to kind of readjust his American, really heavy American schedule to more of an international schedule. Um, but he wants to hit these like little shows, you know, these smaller shows, more out off the beaten track. Um, and then you got a guy like Boog, who's really like, who just travels all travels the time. All the time around the world, and he made a distinction uh, on the last show between international travel and world travel. You know, and it's international travel. You got a lot of guys that go London, they go Brussels, they do you know Paris, they do these shows that are international. Um, but he's developed, you know, a thing that he was talking about was he's developed clientele in the Middle East, in China, in in, in Russia. You know, all these different, it's wild, man. In between. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places to go and it's fortunate for tattooers to be able to pick, pack it up and and Mm -hmm. be able to travel and go do their thing wherever. It's crazy, right? With a backpack and and a little bit of equipment, you can go anywhere in the world and do it. Yeah. um, You know, we, we, I think like two or three years ago we did, we were doing like a convention a month and it burns you out though you know like the all the travel and coming back and trying to get things going at work or if you have to reschedule people to leave or you know it's just i don't want to burn my dad out yeah and i think that's where getting back to the point i was making about just making it fit with what you have going on you know you guys have your life in la you you can you can drop these different international shows usa shows in the middle of your year somewhere or just kind of you know, throughout and you just know, Hey, this next year we're going to do three international shows and maybe we cut down and we only do two of the American shows. I mean, there's so many different options that you can do to not get yourself right. burnt out and, you know, make right. sure that those clients are still getting taken care of at the shop. Cause ultimately that's what's, you know, that's, what's paying your bills is tattooing those clients at the shop. You know, I think travel and, right. and conventions, they can create opportunities and there's different things people that you can meet and it's it's important to do that to get out but you know really you the experience experience of traveling yeah man it, absolutely but ultimately you have to take care of those people at home you know right so yeah what what's uh what's la man to you like when, when somebody says los angeles what's the first thing that comes to your mind um that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's obvious, you know, it's obvious that you have a lot of love for the city. Yeah, I do. I, I see the streets. <laughs> I think of my homies that I grew up with and, you know, the people I know now and it's cool. All the stuff my dad did uh-huh. for it, you know, his book's going to be really great. I was just reading the first chapter and he talks about everything about LA, the, you know, the uh, the neighborhood situation and the tattooing and and um, everything it's it's pretty cool. When's that book come out? Talk a little bit more about it. And I know you're really excited. I want to talk about both. You know the book that he's got coming out, and you made mention of the art show uh, that he also is curating. And so talk about those two projects and what they mean to you and and what they mean to your family and um, how people can get more information on them. Yeah. Um. Well, the uh, the art show Tatuaje, you know, was the first thing that my dad curated himself. You know, he's been a part of a lot of things, and and to watch him put that together, and all the artists that participated in it, and how big the show actually turned out to be, was 
it was amazing. There was that was probably my favorite night, you know, of the year last year, and uh, best art show I've ever been to because it was a celebration. You know, there was you know live music and and the place was really big, and I was on Instagram like seeing people there that I did not see, you know, and, and I talked to my dad later and, and 4,000 people showed up Wow! You know, in and out of that. So it was huge. And, um, it was just a really great event for tattooing. They had a, like a female tattoo artist contest. Like we didn't even make it around the, I didn't make it around the whole thing. I didn't even find where the artwork was, but it was, <laughs> it was okay. Cause like, you know, running in and just everywhere you turn, there's somebody that I knew everybody came out from everywhere. So I was like, you should do a convention with that kind of turnout, you know? But anyways, uh, his book comes out July 30th, and he was, we were going to try to uh, do, what's it called, like a launch party or? Yeah, book launch. Like Coincided book, with a book launch. Coincide. We were going to try to do Vegas, a Mario Bar's uh, tattoo show. Right. But I guess he's not doing it this year, so we wanted somewhere good to do the, the book launch, you know? So I think we're going to wait till Tatuaje, which is when when's july 30th oh it is july 30th oh, cool. oh so july 30th is, is the, the date of the art show and that's where we'll we'll launch his book and and amazing man you know, that book they've been they've been working on that for the last like five six years i watch him skype with the uh with the writer all the time and 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 i get to hear all the stories again and and it's pretty cool. Do you so, have a Do you have a favorite time or or a story that sticks out to you in your mind of spending time with your dad or tattooing or um, of this this uh, amazing journey that you've so far been on? Um. Well, there's never a dull moment. I mean, every day's every day's cool. Like tonight, we gotta go to. We gotta do our taxes. Our tax guy is in, in Vegas, so we actually have to drive out tonight. I gotta work today at one. We drive out tonight, so we'll get to spend the night chilling out there in Vegas. He likes to he likes to gamble the slots and stuff, so we'll chill. Um, I don't know. There's so many, so many times. It's more. It sounds so many different eras of my life. Yeah. <laughs> He's always been there, yeah. so it's. It sounds to me like just hanging out is is what's cool with you, for you. Yeah, any opportunity we get to just chill and I mean, working together is cool too. But he's always busy, you know. He he's able to influence. I mean, you know those those during those quiet more quiet times, you guys have life conversations and and what's what do you what do you get from those, man? Like it's, um, he's your dad, but he's like you said, he wears many hats. You know, he's like your brother. He's like your friend. He's like a coworker. Um, what do you think comes out of those times for you? Um, I I mean I try to gather it all and 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 if, if learn from it or appreciate it and enjoy it, you know. Sometimes it's irritating or whatever. But like, yeah, it, it, uh, definitely. You gotta just. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it probably just goes over my head and I don't realize, you know, <laughs> how cool it is that I got my dad with me all the time. And But people come in the shop and they yeah. be like, man, it's so cool just to see you guys work together. And then they'll trip out on it and it'll make me realize again. Yeah, it is. It brings you back it's to that really moment. Cool huh? situation. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's tough, man. We're, great. we're, we're always seeking, especially with like, I think Instagram and, and social media and, and these things that are so immediately accessible to us. I think that it takes us for me, I'm trying to bring myself back into the moment and, and, and enjoy what, I'm doing, whether it's walking my dogs or whether it's driving down the street or whether it's, you know, being at work, I'm trying to bring myself or, or having a conversation with another wonderful artist, you know, I'm trying to bring myself into those moments and keep my mind focused on what's right there because we get cut lost. You know, I tend to find myself getting lost and in Instagram or, or being distracted by things when I should really right. be, you know, hanging out, be paying attention to this conversation, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, for so. sure. I agree. Do you like Instagram? Do you like social media? How much has that impacted, man? What you do, like how um, your business and shit. I think, I think Instagram, uh, made a lot of tattoo artists step it up. I mean, we used to talk about it at the shop, but this is when it first came out, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, how many artists fucking pulled it together and, and coming out with, cause it's like, I'll do a tattoo and I'll take a picture and then I'm, I'm about to post it or whatever. And, you know, like, or I'll, and then I go on the newsfeed and I'm seeing what other people are doing today or, or that day, you know, like from all, all around the world, like we said, you know, we could watch anybody and see what everybody's doing. And, and I follow a lot of tattoo artists. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, is my stuff worthy to throw up there? And, you know, I want it to be. So I think it makes me put more work into my tattoo. Like, mm-hmm knowing that everybody's going to see it, not just the people she shows later or the, per- the people that that person shows later. Like, I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to post it you know, and everybody's going to see it. So it kind of makes you, like, want to do your best, Yeah. you know? And and then sometimes I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll take a picture and then I'll take a few pictures of, of the work I did that day and then when I get home, I just sit in bed and look at it and stare at it and, you know... They say you're your own worst critic, but I'll run stuff by my dad or whoever I'm sitting with. What do you think about this part? And they're like, oh, man. You know, and then they're like, what's bothering you? You know, you just, I don't know if it's good, if that's like helping me learn, you know? I think so. I think it's, um, that's what we have to do as artists. Like, we have to critique our own work and say, well, shit, you know, I would have done that different, you know, or I would have prepared differently for that aspect of the tattoo, or I would have you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but it's right. all we well, when have. You're in the moment, when you're in the moment and you're staring at the same piece for so long, like, I think sometimes you need to step back and then get to come back and look at it and you can see what's really like, oh, okay. Well, if you get stuck in like a little spot and you're like, oh, you know, you start struggling with it uh-huh. in your own mind or whatever. And I notice if you just step back or just go somewhere else and you come back to like, oh, you know, and then breeze through it. It's like, yeah, you can. It's weird. It lets you find a little different perspective on the piece, or perspective. Yeah. You know, I think also that's why digital is kind of nice these days. Is is you can even if you've prepared that drawing, um, analog, and you've drawn it all out, and now you can scan it in, let's say, and start shading. Quickly do a shading study. Um, that's maybe even just on those little tricky areas of the piece that you. Um, normally as, as artists, and we've all, I think as tattooers have found themselves in this position where you're, you're shading, you haven't done a color study. You just are, are accepting that. Hey, I'm going to, I know where the shading is supposed to go on this. And you, you shade in a spot that 
you, when you look at it afterwards, you're like, well, shit, man, I wish I would have been, I wish I would have shaded it this way, you know, right. as opposed to, and I think that's what the nice thing about digital these days is you can really quickly sketch it out, um, a real fast shading study, work out these little tricky areas. And not that you can't do that on paper. You can, I mean, it's, it's what guys have been doing for years and years and years. I just think it's quicker and easier to do that. Um, oftentimes digitally, especially if you have the equipment right there and accessible to you, but right. I'm going to have to get some of that stuff and learn how to use that. Like I said, it's, it's cool, man. And I said, like, like I said, even if you have very little experience, I think you can jump on a Cintiq, you can get sketchbook pro and within a matter of, you know, I mean, I feel like I could sit down with you for 10 minutes, show you like three or four different tools and you could develop a, a, a design like you would do analog, but digitally and print it out and it's going to be crisp and nice and ready for a stencil, you know? So, um, but again, there is, uh, that's one program, you know, and, and it's not as inclusive as, you know, a program like Photoshop or a program like Manga Studio or whatever, but those take longer, you know? So it's just a matter of, I think, how deep you want to do it. I've prepared shit on an iPad. You know, people are doing it on an iPad now with, with uh, a, a digital pen and, and little apps. So it's really, it's really coming into its, uh, I think that these tools that have been being used in graphic design and, and art um, outside of tattooing for so many years, people are getting a hold of now in tattooing and they're, they're really starting to, to use it, to push the, push the boundaries, you know? So, yeah. It seems like a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> to have. Definitely. Did you, uh, did you get your workout in yesterday, man? We were going to try to get this yeah. in yesterday, but yeah, I did. I, I'm, I'm going to go right now after we're done with this. That's good. What, I, uh... start. I, I, I like to start on Sundays at four. So I have more time in the afternoon, but I have these clients that have somewhere to be in the evening. So I, they talked me into starting at, at one today. So, <laughs> so you got to get it in. Yeah, I got to get it in. I'm trying to, I want, I find little goals like musings coming up. So I'm like, okay, I got to get in shape. <laughs> try. Yeah, man. Try. Yeah, what, what, uh, what's your routine at the gym these days? Well, I've been, I was training with this one guy for a while and then he kind of like fell off or we stopped hanging out. So I, my boy Shifty, uh, I got a membership at LA fitness. I used to be at 24 and I go and work out with him, but, um, I just hired this new guy cause I, you know, I need guidance in the gym. Like we'll end up doing the same workout all every day or, you know, we you need to switch it up. And I just, so I got this guy that I've been meeting with and, uh, he's a trainer and he, he, he's just been showing me what to do. He, it, it's been good. I've been in there every day for the last five days. <laughs> good. What kind of stuff is he having you do? Is it more like, um, working out chess? He he's a uh, he's like a football player and he does like more I guess athlete workouts and, and lighter weight but more more reps and more different workouts yeah. for the muscle and you know everybody's got a different way of doing it like you talk to different people and they all so I think it's cool just to get different people to help me out. Yeah, I mean everybody's different. Everybody's body's gonna respond different. Everybody's body's at a different place. You know, right. I, I'm getting back into um, working out. I, I went and did just some squats and and uh, a light workout the other day. And 
man, it's it's so crazy how quickly you lose that strength and that cardio and and how your body starts yeah. to feel different. Um, and so my biggest thing is is I like working out with other people. So I think it's one of the reasons I liked CrossFit and going to a CrossFit gym is because I had other people there that I knew were going through the same fucked up shit that I was going through in that workout. And it, and it motivated me to, to keep pushing and, and, um, encourage, you know, being encouraged to go through that. And I think I struggle with that now having to go to the gym by myself or, you know, my wife's been out of working out for a year with, uh, the pregnancy essentially, um, and so we would go and work out and, and now it's like, I just got to mo- take that motivation and, and th- cause I know I feel better when I work out. I mean, y- you know, you- right. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a better start of the day and it, it, it's a good look all around mm-hmm. Definitely. for me. Like when I don't work out, it's like, I know that day I didn't work out and I'm more likely going to eat more fucked up shit that day and. <laughs> Yeah. And not care as much and be lazy. Do you do you uh do you alter your cha- your eating habits too? Like when you're in the gym heavier? I try to, yeah. When I'm in the gym, like then I know like okay, I worked out today, like so I wanna do better, I wanna eat better, you know, I wanna mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't want it to go to waste. Yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite cheat meal? Oh man. Well, they tell me not to eat bread and tortillas and it's like all I eat is burgers and burritos. <laughs> <laughs> quesadillas and Mexican food and just like all that stuff and it's like you know when I'm doing good I'm like only eating chicken and no bread no tortillas yeah and steak and but it, it it's you know I, I like eating meat too so it's steak and all that's good mm-hmm. steak and shakes <laughs> right steak and shakes <laughs> man shit that'll get you that'll get you swole <laughs> yeah that's good, man. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely, like I said, I feel better when I work out. It gets a good start to that day. Um, it's that moment that that hour, two hours that you're in that situation of working out that's, I don't know why it's so, it's only two hours or it's only an hour or really, I mean, if you're doing a super intense workout, it's only like 30 minutes of warm up and work out and cool down, you know? 30 minutes to make you feel good for, you know, 23 and a half (laughs) hours. It's like, shit, but why do we, why is it so hard for us to get in there? You know, and get those like, like even the sun, I was shifty likes to sit in the sun and he'll sit in there for 30 minutes and I could barely do 10 right now. I'm like, in those minutes, like those last three minutes, I'm like, holy shit, let me just get through these. It's only three minutes, you know? Yeah. As soon as it's done, I'm like, okay, I did that. You know what? It's definitely that feeling of accomplishment, right? You know, like when you get yeah. through that. Not hit. just the sauna, but like different workouts. You're like, okay, you know, he wants me to do 50 or, or, or 40. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll all be over in 30 seconds, but I got to get through it. Yeah, it's starting, right? Work. It's work. It is. It is work. And and it's um, it's a struggle, I think, when went to get to get there to do it to actually start it to get out the house to make that first movement towards it you know and not get distracted i think it's the same way with art you know we have as artists like we get distracted by life and you know i got a baby coming and my car needs a smog and you know this and that and so i'm not going to get to the gym or i'm not going to jump on that watercolor or i'm not gonna you know do whatever you know so i 
I think it's for me personally, I'm, I'm trying to really simplify my life as far as like what things, you know, put things in a time block and just really, okay, I know I got two hours to work on the podcast. Okay. I got, I know I got four hours at the tattoo shop, you know, um, and stick to those things. And, you know, I got two hours. I got to be at the gym. Like this is on my calendar. I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's high schedule helps out. Yeah. Where do you and, think tattooing is going, man? What, where, where do you see your direction? I mean, in tattooing going, I mean, tattooing is always, they've always been saying ever since I was a kid, like it's getting bigger, it's getting bigger, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's getting bigger and it and it's, keeps growing, keeps growing, keeps getting bigger. I don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one day everybody's going to be tattooed. <laughs> I think it can, uh, I think it's growing and growing and I, I think it's going to, and I've talked to a few people that believe that it's going to hit a breaking point where, um, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands of tattooers that are now um that came in as ben corn might you know call them uh bar tattooers that they're only tattooing because it's cool at the bar you know and those guys are going to fall off i think a lot of these conventions are going to fall off that's it's going to go back to um either regionally really really good shows or the big shows that you know, when it was less tattoo convention, it was, you know, you had more time to prepare and more things to get together. And it was a bigger event. Mm-hmm. And when it's just one out of however many they're doing now, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not as special. Yeah. I think, you know what people are going to start doing. Um, and, and I'm, I've called and talked with, uh, or, or texted, um, Eric Gillespie of, uh, uh, and Nick Colella of Great Lakes Tattoo out in Chicago. And I think people are going to start doing stuff like those guys are doing where I think in March for two days, 22nd, 23rd, something like that, I would have to look on Instagram. Uh, you can check them out at Great Lakes Tattoo on Instagram. But they're doing a – it's called the the first annual classic walk-up uh, or the walk-up classic. And so they're just having a, a one- or two-day thing where, I mean, you should see the names of the people on this list that are going to be there tattooing. Um it, just the lineup is is sick, you know, and I think it's they're doing it's it's essentially they're creating this like mini little convention in their tattoo shop in Chicago. And um, I don't know much about it, but it's exciting. Be, even the way that the marketing is put out there, it's it, it makes me feel like I'm a, I want to go to this thing because it's like a surf. It's like a surf competition or something. It's, it's already has this fun vibe to it, you know, and. You, right. we, oh, we've, cool. it's definitely cool. And we've seen people do that with like these, um, uh, raising money for different people and they'll get like 30 dope tattooers together and they'll have a day of tattooing and, and the, all the proceeds go to, you know, some dope f- either foundation or person in need. And, um, I think more people are going to start doing that, but just as a get together as a party with like-minded people, you know, and have a great day of tattooing fun and, camaraderie but it's in your own little shop you know so right definitely definitely cool man so what's up what's up next for you besides this dope tattoo you're gonna do today and uh what else my dad and then i'm just i'm looking forward to musing Mm -hmm. going hanging out with everybody solon and 
and, and everybody that's going to be there. Yeah. Snoop Dogg is going to be playing yeah, this Yeah, Snoop's going to – Snoop, uh, Deftones on Saturday. Okay. It'll be dope. Is that um, is that the one you're looking forward to most, Deftones? Yeah, I've never seen them live before. And I used to hang out with uh, with this with Chino. He used to come by uh, the shop. My boy Linus used to work for them for the Deftones, and yeah, it's just gonna be cool. Hopefully, I see a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time, and and uh, yeah, I don't look forward to much. I just go to work every day and come home. You know, I got a uh, I had a DUI recently. And okay. I got to do these classes and stuff. So it's like, you know, and I'm not driving right now because, because I, my license is suspended. So like, I'm not doing, I don't do much these days. Just go to work, go to the gym, come home. How do, how does it, um, talk about that, man. How does, how does going through something like that, that's pretty traumatic and it's, uh, it affects your life intensely. How does that does it push you? Does it depress it, you? It, yeah, I guess it, it pushes me, presses me back. But, uh, you know, I have 18 months of classes, and this is barely my second month, so I don't know. You're in for the long haul for it. Yeah. You well, know, I messed up. I drank and drove, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'll never do that again. And that's, yeah. I guess, the main thing that they're trying to teach us with most classes and stuff. It's been really expensive. You know, because I, I crashed into a building, so. Shit, man. I had to go to jail for a month, and it was a little set. It's a setback, but, mm-hmm. oh, I guess that's, you know, what I needed for some reason, maybe. Give me a check or whatever. You got to think that, right? I mean, you got to think yeah. things happen for a reason, and, and, and you'll learn something from this, and you can even impart some wisdom on you know, hopefully to somebody else, maybe even somebody that's listening to this that that is maybe struggles with that or or it's going to give them that second thought when they're drinking tonight or, you know, to shit, I can't do that. That's expensive. It's not it can't it can happen to people. It can happen. And yeah, it's, not, it, it does can happen, happen to anybody, you know, and it does. It's, it's messed up. But, yeah. you know, they say, you know, I could have got hurt or I could have kill, killed myself, but I'm more thankful that i didn't hurt anybody else yeah i was was pretty drunk i I crashed into a building i could have crashed into anybody yeah it's scary man it's a scary thought uh well i'm glad that you know you're you're getting through it you seem to have a positive attitude about it at least that um you know you're gonna you're gonna move through it learn from it and i mean that's something that we have to do you know you've learned that from your dad too you know i think that and i think that's nice that you guys give yourself give each other that strength and that um that support. support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, hit hit everybody with the dates again on your dad's book release. Um, July 30th, I believe, is the, the book yeah, party. Uh, July 30th is uh, going to be his tatuaje uh, event, celebration. Where is that at? Um, Do you know where they're holding it at? Yeah, the uh, Plaza de la Raza. Okay. It's called. It's in Lincoln Park. Um, you got to come check it out yourself. I mean, you missed a good show last time. And, and his book, Smile Now, Cry Later, of his life, and it'll be the launch of that of it as well at the Tuaje. So July 30th, Lincoln Park, California. 
Great, man. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, if, if I can make it down there, I definitely will. And um, I appreciate you coming on, uh, Isaiah. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, dude. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's uh, it's really cool. good. And uh, I appreciate it. And um, good luck with those tattoos today. Keep pumping it out, man. I love the street shop shit that you're doing. I love those little tattoos. I like seeing them mixed in there with the big projects. And um, it, it's it's uh it's great to see man so um best of luck to you and, and you, i hope man. to talk to you again soon awesome awesome cool man. congratulations on your newborn when you had it thank that you that's great for you and great. maybe we'll hit the parade again next season yeah hey man for sure hit me up when you come up uh in northern california dude you got my number so just just text me and give me a little notice and that'd be wonderful okay i'll do that <laughs> all right isaiah thanks brother all have right, a great bro. day well that's it everybody thank you so much for listening to the show i hope you enjoyed it i appreciate all the support uh, make sure you go check out sullenradio.com subscribe to the newsletter there to all the parents out there kiss your kids love your kids we're not guaranteed tomorrow so be mindful about being in the moment thank you very much guys i appreciate it i love all the support have a great week keep hustling